This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 30 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Exclusive coverage of the world of dressage. We would like to thank our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products. They can be found at kppusa.com. This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Lisa Wilcox. You're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Lisa. How are you this week? Great. Chris, it was great seeing you last weekend. I know. Wasn't that fun? Lisa and I were down at the uh, in Wellington for the uh, Succeed USCT holiday fundraiser. And what a lot of fun that was, Lisa. And uh, you took part in that, of course. You, If it wasn't for you, I'm sure that little pony wouldn't have fetched so much money as it did at auction, on the live auction we had. That Marty, well, I think Ma- that pony was having more fun with me <laughs> than I with it. But it took me for a run. Anyway, I was pleased to see that uh, we had some people as interested as they were, and I think she was a deer, a little silver bell. She'll make a fantastic Christmas she uh, absolutely will yes uh but what a fun evening that was we were surrounded by riders from all the disciplines who were there to support the cause and uh and of course as i said lisa you were you were there having fun too and uh you know it really was a great night and of course a great cause raising money for the u.s equestrian team foundation which it did very successfully very well Absolutely. I'm looking forward to having that again next year. I think you guys, you guys did a great job. And uh, as you could see, people were very, very interested and very excited about what it went on. Absolutely. And of course, this, this will be shown on equestrianlife.com in a few weeks and also will be on HR television, HR TV in February. So look out for that uh, production. So we'll get be able to watch it all over again. Was there any particular... Um, Performances that stood out for you uh, that you really enjoyed the um, Lisa when you were there that evening. Well, a couple. I sure enjoyed the Shetland Pony rounds. Oh yes, that was fabulous. <laughs> and uh, and then of course uh, Templeton. Oh, Templeton Thompson, what a beautiful singer. She yes, is fabulous. And of course, Monty Roberts. Oh my goodness, I could just go on and on. Stephen Peters. Yes. I just was thrilled to listen to them all. Yeah, it it really was a great night's entertainment and, and so much fun. I was uh, you know, honored to be a part of that, and I emceed the event and looking forward to coming around again next year and doing it, and uh, there'll be new acts. I think the word will soon get out, Lisa, of what a fun night that was. Yes, that we have fun in dressage. That's right. Hey. <laughs> Exciting people. That's right. You, you don't take yourself seriously all <laughs> the time. Not boring. <laughs> yes. Well, of course, I also, uh, while I was there, um, got the opportunity to meet our guest this evening, Tammy Hogue, the uh, obviously famed author and uh, Grand Prix dressage rider. She was there to enjoy both evenings, the Friday and the Saturday evening, and it was nice to be able to meet her. Um, and uh, um, you know, we're going to talk to her a little bit later on in 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 the show here um and we uh, we have some interesting topics to discuss too later on lisa we're going to be discussing 
Uh, riding off the track, I think that's uh, an important area of, of uh, discussion. And also oh, your training. The line. There All you right. go. Get on the quarter line. And, uh, uh, and also your tip of the week a little bit later on in the show. But before we get into that, uh, we have a few items of news this week. Our, our main news uh, from the U.S. is that uh, American judge, O oh, judge, Linda Zhang, has been appointed the president of the jury for the World Equestrian Games that will take place, of course, in Lexington, Kentucky next year. And she's going to be joined by Mary Seafried of, of Australia, Cara Whittam from Canada, Stephen Clark from Great Britain, Eva Eisenhardt from Germany, and Maribel Alonso from Mexico, as well as Guillaume Forage of the Netherlands. They make up the full panel of judges. And the reason why Linda's been brought in as president is because Anne Gribbons accepted the position recently on the, by the, from, offered from the USEF to become the dressage technical advisor and clearly... There was a conflict of interest there, and uh, so they had to uh, find another president for the WEG jury, and uh, and and uh, so we have a replacement there, and uh, because um, Anne Gribbins, of course, is also a member of the newly appointed FEI dressage committee. All right. And uh, news from across the pond is that uh, Isabel Worth, who just had a little boy a few weeks ago, um, she took some time off and uh, she's actually coming back into the show ring. She's going to make her return at the CDIW in Amsterdam next month. Uh, and so that will be interesting to see her get back uh, in the saddle, Lisa, and warm up and uh, in time to... Looking forward to it. Very yep. Uh, absolutely, and she's she's going to be facing you know the likes of uh, Edward Gall and Adeline Cornelison and and Anki van Grunsven. Of course, An those three Dutch riders are really stealing the show right now. So it'll be interesting to watch uh, as Isabel comes back into the arena. And knowing Isabel, she'll come calm, cool, and collected. She'll <laughs> yes. do a brilliant job. Definitely collected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, um, news from, from Sweden, you know, of Karen Ulfeld's uh, stallion Ling. He's going to be staying there for another season at the uh, Swedish stud flying. And they want to keep him on a little bit longer. And uh, with the new um, EU classified insemination station, flying is excellent to export opportunities to other European countries. And so he's producing shipments to uh, New Zealand and Australia by means of frozen semen, so uh, they're going to make use of him up there for a good bit longer. So uh, Karen, uh, of course, based here in the States. Uh, I wonder if she gets over to see him much if he's based uh, based in Sweden. I think she does do quite a bit of traveling. I'm sure she's up there regularly, and you know she's spending quite a bit of time in Holland. Right, uh, right. Or was, and uh, so I'm, I'm sure she is very involved. We're talking about um, the the Dutch riders and Ed Gall, who, of course, this week is competing at the um, CSIW in uh, Olympia in London. And uh, I understand uh, he won the Grand Prix uh, already and going in, obviously, going for, for the full set, no doubt. But he has uh, just been uh, named by Lani Hippiek uh, as the 2009 Rider of the Year. He's had such an amazing yeah, no surprise there, but uh, that that he would eventually. But <clears throat> it it was a a little bit in favour of uh, Stefan, of course, Stefan Peters, who's done a wonderful twelve months with Ravel, 
Um, he he was a little bit the favourite until the middle of the summer, and then of course when we got to the European Championships, Edgar and Tortillas st- stole the show, and so um, so he took over the limelight really, and uh, they've named him the 2009 Rider of the Year. Well, Stephen Peters is a gentleman and a scholar, so I bet he's he's just buckling down for the World Equestrian. Absolutely, and what a year of course he's, he's let had. Edward have the book. That, the there you go. There you go. <laughs> and have of course, the book. he was full. Of, he was part of the celebrations at the uh, Succeed USET and Wellington Classical Dressage um, fundraiser this last week. Um, he was. He was, of course, uh, giving uh, a little. Um, a little clinic to a couple of riders down there as part of the, that performance, and great to see him. You know, just to remind everybody of what Stefan has done this year, he was the first U.S. citizen in 24 years um, of the Outdoor Championships to win the World Cup outright, but also the first American since 1960 to claim the coveted Arkan Championship. So while Ed Gall has stolen the show as far as the Lania Peak is concerned, uh, we should not forget the achievements that uh, Stefan has had this year. Absolutely. Absolutely not. And he's always a joy. He really is. I had a great time seeing him this last weekend, and I think he's... Yeah, always yeah. a joy to be around. Yeah. Uh, well, we have some sad news to report. Uh, those of you who follow International Dressage will remember Richard Davidson's faithful partner, Hiscox Ascari, unfortunately... Uh, um, he suffered a severe colic attack uh, recently, and although he was operated on, he could not be saved. And uh, sadly, um, <clears throat> that is the end of a wonderful partnership. He was 22 years old and in a 1987 born Dutch warm blood gelding by Avignon out of Wasuska. And uh, he was a, a partner there with, with Richard on a number of Grand Prix <clears throat> between 1995 and 2000. And one and trained um, by Bert Rutten since he was three years old, and by Richard's wife Gillian, who trained it actually up to Grand Prix level uh, when Richard took over from '95 to 2001. Uh, quite a relationship, if you think about it, from three years old to 22 years old. Isn't it a part? That's, that's amazing. Definitely, definitely is, and uh, absolutely. So. Uh, Condolences there to to Richard, a great horseman, and I know he's competing at the Olympia Show in England this week too. So we wish him well. Well, that's uh, that's about the news no, for this week. Actually, Chris, I wanted to to add a little surpriser in there. Have you seen that Stephen Clark has a new book out? Oh no, ten. No, I haven't. You have to tell well, us let about me tell that. You something. I have just ordered thirty. <laughs> Only because this is so much fun. You talk about they, what he has done. is a beautiful photo album. And he has taken for horses that have received tens for particular movements. Oh, and really? So you, have, so you have Kira Kirkland and, uh, or, or Jan Brink. He's got the chapter for trot half passes because he apparently has had a ten in a trot half pass. Oh. In his career. And then you have... Satchmo for collected trot, which he has received a 10 for collected trot. And Relevant has his own little chapter for Piaf. 
Oh, does he? The beautiful thing is, is in here, matinee. You remember Andreas Hegelstrand? Of course, of course. And uh, his is Passage. He got the chapter Passage. And it's beautiful because he does it. He talks about the collected trot, and then the next is about the rider. There's a couple of pages dedicated to the rider, and then there are a couple of pages dedicated to the trainer of the rider. And then you have two pages dedicated to the horse. So it really is fascinating to get to know the team behind the scenes. And uh, it's beautiful, and it's called Dressage Dreams 10 by Stephen Clark. By Stephen Clark. Well, I didn't know Stephen did that. Must and I didn't think that he would have any spare time to do a book. So good for him. Well, I tell you, he has a you know obviously a company that was working to put this together for him. So in his spare time, I'm sure he was doing a lot of telephoning. Yes, yes. And uh, but I just received it, and that's why I'm so excited about it. I got it in the mail yesterday, and I was just looking through the pictures, and they're brilliant. You get to see George and Monica Tedoresco. Oh. Good old George. Beautiful pictures of George. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful photo album. Oh, you're a lucky girl. Got an early Christmas present, huh? Yes. <laughs> so I just wanted to bring you in on that one. Well, thank you, uh, and you know we'll we'll look into that and put a link on our website to that, Lisa. Thanks so much for telling me about that, and I'll, I have to get a copy myself now, won't I? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Lisa. And uh, before we get to uh, our guest this evening, uh, we're going to take a short break here for uh, 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 an ad spot from uh, Horse Radio Network. So don't go away. Well, we're coming into the new year, and one of those resolutions that you should make in the new year is to find the best supplements for your horse. And Kentucky Performance Products can help you do that. You know, not every horse needs a supplement, and selecting the right supplement for your dressage horse can be a science. Kentucky Performance Products simplifies that search. And each product is backed by sound research and a money-back satisfaction guarantee. And one of those great products is Endure Extra. It's a high-fat, low-carb energy source recommended by veterinarians and leading horsemen. It maintains optimal energy levels in your hard-working dressage horses and increases weight gain in poor doers. More than just a fat supplement, Endure Extra also provides other benefits, such as much-needed natural uh, vitamin E and gut conditioners. Natural vitamin E is readily absorbed it protects muscles and increases immunity levels. Endure Extra's gut conditioners stimulate the appetite and maintain a healthy digestive tract. The cool calories produced by Endure Extra's proprietary blends of fats keeps horses calm and focused as they work. Best of all, you can feed as little as 8 ounces per day. Check out all the great products at at Kentucky Performance Products. That's kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. All right. Well, good to good to hear from them. And uh, um, and when our guest this evening, Lisa, is someone that uh, both you and I know. Of course, you being down in 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 Florida, someone who based herself in Florida uh, for part of the year and the rest of the year in California. And Tammy Hogue is is someone who's known to the dressage world um, because she is, of course, a Grand Prix dressage rider. But she's also very famous for uh, being a best-selling author and something like 30 titles to her credit, Lisa, which is a pretty amazing record, isn't it? No question. 
no, I have such a respect for someone that can um, dedicate themselves as she has for these 31 books. And, and as you see, she has New York Times bestsellers. Yes. And, and dedicate herself and do the job she's doing in the Grand Prix ring. That's intense. Like yes. That is- it, it, it is intense. And uh, she, she's had a, in a very, very interesting life because before she started writing her first novel, she'd had different jobs, including a, a stint as a photographer's assistant, training show horses, working at the circulation desk at a newspaper, and, and even selling design designer bathroom accessories. So she's had a really colorful life and I'm sure drawing on all those life experiences to become the successful author that she is and uh, and a very successful Grand Prix rider. So I'm looking forward to, to uh, having her join us. Let's hear what uh, Tammy has to say. Well, Tammy, thanks for joining us and welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. I'm glad to be here. And your first time on the show, of course, and uh, you're well known already in the dressage world. And I know people like Lisa here keep an eye on you because I, yeah, they're always looking over their shoulder, right, Lisa? Absolutely. Always interested to see what's going on, what type of books are coming out, what new horses are on the horizon. Yeah. Well, and you've got some exciting ones this season? I do, I do. I've got, uh, I have both a, a, a new book and a horse that's. Not not new, but will be new to the show ring. He's uh, I bought him actually two years ago, and and he promptly injured himself. <laughs> and so uh, oh, he's, he's yeah. back, and um, we're finally going to make it into the show ring, and I'm really excited about that. Well, let's uh, let's just back up a little bit, Tammy, for the sake of our listeners, and um, tell us a little bit about how you, how you got into dressage. First of all, before we we talk about the books, and as you, as you mentioned, you have a new book uh, being released just right. just this week. Um, right. But but what's what's what got you into the sport of dressage? Well, it's kind of a, a strange little story because I, I grew up in southern Minnesota, and there is. Very, very little dressage in southern Minnesota. You know, everybody rides western, and, and um, you know, there's even very little hunter and jumper that goes on in, in the area where I grew up. But, so I grew up riding western, and um, and I had done everything I wanted to do with that. I had, you know, ridden, uh, I'd ridden timed events, I'd, I'd ridden judged events, I had won everything I wanted to win, and, and I was bored. And I thought, well, what's the thing that I haven't tried? And I had done a little bit of jumping, um, but the thing that I really hadn't tried was dressage, and I thought, that looks really interesting and challenging. And um, so I had to be a detective and look for somebody who could teach me, which was uh, no small feat there. <laughs> you know, it was really, you know, I, had, I talked to many, many people before I finally got a name, and... Uh, and it happened to be Marianne Ludwig, who's a, a pretty well-known judge. Uh, so I r- really got lucky with that, and you know, she got me started, and um, and I was just instantly hooked. Well, when you say instantly hooked, it, it's it, it's all about having the right horse and the right trainer, and it's a, it's the whole combination, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So, what I was had your horse? No horse? Actually, I had no horse at the time. Um, I was riding one of hers, and he was extremely difficult. And um, so, so he was actually not much of a help to me, you know, because he he was very very challenging. But I, you know, I liked the challenge, and I liked I liked the concepts of dressage. I loved the the theory and the fact that it's so rooted 
been uh, in tradition and that it's changed really very little uh, as far as, you know, the really basic theory of training a horse. You know, there's no real fashion involved. And having having ridden in the Western world, it was like, you know, one year it was popular to ride your young horses in a snaffle, and the next year it was popular to ride your young horses with a bazelle. And, you know, it was just a lot of fashion that, um, you know, didn't wasn't really grounded in anything. And with dressage, it's so well grounded in, in the traditions of, of uh, classical training. Yeah, well, it really, it really is, and that's something that that you you grew up similarly, didn't you, Lisa, in the, in the Midwest, and not in a dressage environment, but in the Western world, and you made the jump too, so you can identify with Tammy. Certainly, absolutely. We started in, you know, basically my father's Western saddles, and then oh, yeah. bareback, and and uh, I was intrigued with my friends being able to go to pony club and like those saddles and everything else and so it uh-huh. was first kind of getting over into that just seemed i don't know <laughs> more elite and we yeah. weren't of course out there really sure we did a little 4-h and everything you know in a very small fashion as far as that western riding was concerned and more or less at home Right. Yeah. Well, so Tammy, did you did you have any idols at the time of, of dressage people out there that you aspired to? Well, at the time, I really did not know anyone in the sport. I was that new to it. I had not been exposed to it. I had not been to a show. It was really quite a mystery to me. Well, it just and, goes uh, to show you how disciplines are so in their own little world. Yeah. And they just yeah. don't cross over at all. Absolutely. So uh, when you got going, did that mean you had to buy your first horse? You had to find a horse? Did you? Did your trainer help you with that? How did that go, Tommy? I did have to find a horse, and at the time, I had I had no money to buy a decent horse. So uh, the horse was either going to be lame or crazy, and I opted for crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thoroughbred, wasn't it? I, I don't know. <laughs> Thoroughbreds on the racetrack. We all know that one. No, he was, not, the deal. He was not from the Well, it, this is funny, though. He was, um, uh, when Secretariat first went to stud, the first thing that they do is they, they breed to a test bear to make sure that the stallion is fertile before they do the syndicate. And this horse was the product of that breeding. Oh, so Really? Isn't it crazy? And so he was actually technically an Appaloosa, although he had no coloration. But the the mare that they bred him to as the test mare was an Appaloosa. How interesting! Isn't that weird? And and of course, you know, I mean, what a romantic story. So that that appealed to me, you know, far too much, you know, and, and enough that I would overlook the fact that this horse was frightened of every living and breathing and growing thing. You know? So we're, we're talking combination of thoroughbred and Appaloosa. Yep. Very fast spots, but this one had no spots. He had no it. spots. No, he was a plain, plain wow. bay, and you could you could get him to focus on his job for about thirty seconds, uh, just long enough to get a nice feeling, and then something would frighten him, and he'd bolt and run. <laughs> Gosh. Well, you were challenged then. So, what made you persevere, and what? And when did you find the horse that you knew was your the right dressage horse for you, Tammy? You know, I just 
I just really loved the sport, and um, so I, I hung in there with with um, very poor horses for a while, and then there were about five years in there where I had to just stop everything and work, uh, you know, in order to really build my career and get to a place where I could, you know, have have a life again, and um, and in that time I I'm, I moved to Virginia. You know, right into the heart of horse country, and um, it was in Virginia that I met Betsy Steiner, who, who I train with uh, still to this day, and um, and so uh, Betsy ended up helping me actually find my first uh, real dressage horse. At, and at what and what uh, period was that? How many years ago did you? That was. 98 or 99 it was about about 10 years ago about 10 years ago so tell us tell us what's brought you through the levels now how many horses you have and what levels you're competing at now one thing really quick really quick i have to say congratulations that you're so dedicated and loyal to your trainer oh, yeah. <laughs> girl. Girl. i love Isn't stuff it? like that yeah you didn't do you're flavor of the month <laughs> not at all. No, I am. I yeah. am nothing if not loyal. <laughs> See, that's the thing, though. That's that's how you get a very good education, and that's very it's seldom true, seen yeah. in America. Is what I have seen. That's just been my experience since yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think so. Through thick and thin, I want to strangle Ernst. I will ride with him for the rest of my, you know, till my yeah. die. Yeah. Just because I so respect him still, but you know, you you get to also be like brother and sister almost. So you want to. Well, right. he'd yeah. like to be my father, I think, but uh, I have one. Knock it off. Yeah, don't, don't need that. But, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you go through all these different phases, but, um, you know. But, no, that's it, fantastic that you guys You know, your training so is so consistent. And so, Thank you know, God. instead of sort of helter-skelter, which I think a lot of people go through, you know. Well, and you get very lost. You, there are yeah. a lot of lost dressage riders. They're not sure... Man, you know they're just when it when it, when the stress starts to get to them, they're they're completely lost. There's no foundation. There's no right basis. And of course, then these things at the horse shows and and blah 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 and blah blah blah. And just because yeah. you thought somebody looked as successful over in the other arena with somebody else, that's you know you just the point is you're going to find um, security and confidence in the. Yeah. Something you know and understand, and so when the going gets tough, you're you're set. Yeah, mm. you've got that you good a, foundation. You have some building blocks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, there's so, a message anyway. right there: not to be fickle with your trainer. Uh, <laughs> well, and there's going to be tough times. There's no question. There's going to be times where you're like scratching your head and you're trying to get it, but you will get it. Just be patient. Yeah. And I think that's. I just love the fact that you. Guy, you guys have been together so long. So sorry, I interrupted. But anyway, no, I mean it's a very yeah. no. That's you, Tammy. Great point. Yeah, no, you're not interrupting, Lisa. Um, no, I mean this is a great point, and uh, I, I, there's a message there to our listeners. You know how important it is to be loyal to your trainer. If the trainer works for you, then stick with it. So ten years already, uh, Tammy. Yeah. And during those ten years, how many horses um, have you had through your hands, and, and what level are you riding at now? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm riding Grand Prix um, and have been riding primarily at the Grand Prix level for, gosh, seven years now. 
oh no, longer than that. We're almost to 2010. My first, I rode my first Grand Prix in 2001. Wow. Yeah. So you're an old hand then, Tammy? Yeah, is it now? I, I mean, <laughs> that seems a long time. <laughs> but my my first uh, my first dressage horse that I, I came out uh, at my first show at fourth level. You know, which sounds kind of crazy, but I I had ridden already for thirty years. You know, yeah, so it wasn't like I didn't yeah. have a, a a good foundation. You know, I had exactly. not ridden in 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 the in the dressage arena for all those years, but I had ridden, you know, I grew up, you know, my I didn't have a job babysitting when I was 13, 14. My father would bring home two- and three-year-old colts, and it was my job to break them, you know. So I had plenty Can of Can you that think of that of today? Would you do that with your child? <laughs> no. My father was the same way. <laughs> and I yeah. think, man, I don't know. I don't know if I would. I, Absolutely. Doubt I mean, it. he would bring home things that, you know, I think of now. I wouldn't get on them now. You know? I'm like, are you nuts? Are you kidding me? But the confidence <laughs> a father has to put their child on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, my dad was the same way. Didn't think twice. Get on up there. Yeah, not, not, and not at And then I had a bridle and a little rope around his withers. And I'm like, yeah, hang on. Let her go. Let her go. <laughs> and I'm thinking about that now. thinking. Oh, yeah, you'd be turned into yeah. child services now, you know, if you did that oh, with your child well, somebody now. would turn them in. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, but, but look at the education that Growing up in the foster care. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny looking back on that, you know. It is funny, so. I have to say, too, but we're lucky that way. That was yeah. Certainly a different time. So tell us about the horses you have right now, Tammy. Um, well, right now I've got, um, I still have my old Grand Prix mare. Uh, Feliki, who will be 23 this year. And um, she's retired from the show ring, but we don't tell her that. Uh, I see. Uh-huh. Because she's she's still the hottest horse in the barn. She will outwork every horse in the barn, you know, with one hoof tied up. <laughs> she is such a pistol. So I, I still, she's still the first ride every day, you know, and, and um, you know, she still serves a, a pretty important purpose to me. And, uh, you know, because I can go out on her and I can think, okay, now when I ride Bacchus, I need to work on this or that. And I can work on those issues with her and um, and really have time to concentrate and think about what I want to do and what I want to accomplish and what I need to do to accomplish that. So um, so Felicia is my first ride of the day. And then uh, Bacchus, uh, his actual name is Bacchus Delight. Uh, Bacchus is... And this is the one you have from uh, Michael Klimka. Horse? Yes, this was yeah. his Grand Prix horse. And yes. um yeah, he had him since he was like four or five years old. I and know, I, I him remember him ago. showing him. Yeah. I was out there still. That's fantastic. Yeah, and that's absolutely. fun to see you guys going. Well, I can't Full wait to get ahead. in the show ring. Yeah, you know, we're just, you know, because we had this this hiccup in in the process with he actually fractured a splint bone. And um, and then there were complications with that, and, and now we finally got everything is cleared up. Everything is fine. He's absolutely dead sound, and um, really coming back into form. And you know now it's getting really exciting because we're we're building that partnership every day, which is you know to me the very best thing about dressage is that every day. Yep. building of that, you know, the confidence between not only, you know, your confidence in the horse, but the horse's confidence in you. And, yep. um, 
you know, that's just, that's so exciting to me. So um, I'm planning, uh, hoping to get back into the show ring in February and only, you know, waiting that long because I have to go on tour in January for the new book. So, um, Well, we're coming yeah, to that. Coming to that, uh, uh, Tammy, um, as you say, um, you, you, you've got these two horses, right, that you would uh, keep in work. Where are you based in Florida? Pardon me? Are you based in Florida now during this time? Uh, yeah, yeah, for the rest of, yeah, I, come, I came down, uh, this year I came down at the beginning of November, and I, it seems like every year I come a little earlier and I stay a little later. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm But you say it's going to be year-round. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's definitely a possibility. That goes through my head because I, I do, um, it, you know, everything here is so state-of-the-art in terms of vet care and farriers and so on. And um, California is still a little bit the Wild West that way. So, yeah. Well, you mentioned that uh, you're about to go on tour with your new book, Deeper Than the Dead. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit how you spend your time when you're writing how much time you allocate for writing or does it depend on inspiration each day and 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 when you get out to the barn to clear your head well it, you know when i start a book i i divide my time pretty well and um you know i ride in the morning and um and i'll work afternoons and evenings and um that's how i get going out a book and then you know uh, the the thing about being in Florida, though, is that this is where I have a social life. <laughs> you know, ah. so, so I get a little distracted, and um, and uh, then you know, then I end up going back to California and, and being just hot on deadline, and and then everything kind of has to go by the wayside. And um, with deeper than the dead, I ended up the last I think three or four weeks of working on that book. It was eighteen and twenty hours a day at the desk just being a crazy lunatic person working. Um, and I, I don't like to do that. I, w- I want to pace myself a little better than that. But that's, that's how it worked out this time. And it, you know, kind of depends on the story because they, you know, in as much as I believe in sitting down every day and working and this is my job and I have to treat it as a job and I can't just wait to be moved, stories don't always reveal themselves in the kind of timeline that we would like them to, you know. So sometimes I have to wait a little bit, you know, if I'll get to a point in the story and I'm just literally stuck. Um, you know, sometimes I, I need to take a little break and wait for it to, to uh, you know, speak to me. Well, you know, I have to mention this past weekend um, at in Wellington, because Lisa was there and I knew you were there at the Succeed USET yeah. fundraising gala and we were having a great old time there. And also oh, yeah. we were joined by the singer-songwriter Templeton Thompson. And, of course, she spends most of her time on the back of a horse if she can, and that's where she finds her uh, escape too. But she also actually sings from the back of a horse. So it's not so <laughs> easy. I don't write from the back of a horse. No. <laughs> For me, it works. Very know, difficult typing. Yeah, very. <laughs> the typing, yeah. The, the laptop just really doesn't want to stay where you, where you <laughs> yeah, we got to rig day. something up to the front there. <laughs> yeah, don't mind this big box that I'm setting over your withers. that would be funny but uh, you know she sings uh, I've listened to the lyrics of her songs and she talks about how you know we 
escape with our horses. You know, if everything else is going wrong, whether we have writer's block or, you know, whatever it may be, it is a wonderful escape for us. Um, so, So do you find that is an opportunity for you just to get into the barn and it clears your head? Yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, the, for me, the two things balance each other, you know, because each is so all-consuming. You know, when I'm at the desk, when I'm in a book, I'm in a book. I can't, I can't think about other things. I can't, you know, nothing else can really intrude on the telling of that story. And when I'm on a horse, and, you know, I think dressage is, is particularly intense that way, I can't think of something other than what I'm doing every second that I'm on the horse, you know, so it's a total break from the work at the desk, you know, that for that, uh, you know, hour or two hours or however long I happen to be at the barn that day, there is nothing else but those horses, you know, and then I come back to the work and I'm refreshed and I'm ready to sit down and, and, uh, and concentrate. Well, it's an exercise in that elusive discipline of staying in the moment, which we all often have a problem yeah. with. But Lisa, you do you ever have that when you're when you're working horses, um, and the horses are not maybe going as well? You're not feeling on you know for on on your on your best uh, when you're well on any given day. Maybe a day that something's just not going according to plan and you don't feel you're riding at your best. Do, do you have something, somewhere you go in your mind or physically to circle back around to get into it's that right moment? It's interesting because just it's, it's often where I'm exhausted or something. It's been, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to get on and be concentrated. And it's something that I learned in Germany, being able to concentrate on that many horses a day and is potentially as good as you were on your first horse, it's obviously impossible, but that's your goal. And I have found, just as Tammy is talking about, she'll get an inspiration and she'll get going. There's always something within that ride that will inspire me to wake up out of that sleepy state, and I'm totally keyed in, and I get into whatever it was motivated me about a correction or something, and I have found... I never stay that way for long in the ride. I'm always somehow brought right back into something that just turns my motor right on and gets me busy and gets me right on target with whatever it is I'm working with that horse. And then, you know, comes the next, let that be the last horse of the day. Mm -hmm. But thank goodness, yes, you feel tired. But there is something, it's the passion deep down to do it well, to do your best, that even though you're tired, that horse can motivate me out of the deepest slumber. You know, if yeah. I feel like I'm, oh, I'm so exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my doing this, I've been doing, you know, and I just recently had Aaron Stout, and we were getting up at 4.30 in the morning, so I could get all these horses done, and I am so motivated when he comes out to train, and it's exciting for me, but boy, that last day... <laughs> As you're dragging yourself and you want to be as as sharp as you were on that first horse that day. And it, it always manages to wake me up and get me back on my motor. But then the minute I sit in my car and drive home, game over. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> game it, over. It, it is an endurance That's test. That's when I snap my fingers and go, Charles. 
Charles. <laughs> Damn it. Do we have a Charles on this farm who drives? <laughs> It, 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 it is a test of endurance and discipline, and that's really what's made you successful as an author, isn't it, Tammy? Because you've now oh, got yeah. over 30 titles to your credit, yeah. and, and, and that be, that's down to just darn hard work and disciplining yourself to, to sit at that computer and, yeah. and, and doing the job that you have to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's my, it is my job, and I mean, it's, it's sometimes hard to reconcile that something that's such a creative process also has to be treated as a business, but it really does. You know, I have a corporation that's depending on me. I am a corporate asset, and that means I have to stick my fanny in the chair and do my job and get it done, you know, when it needs to be done, and, uh, you know, there are deadlines and they have to be met, and it can't be just, you know, if I'm feeling like it or not feeling like it. It's... uh, you know, I, I have to motivate myself however I can. So, so do more books. Schedule like a book a year, or what is your. Yeah, or, I'm What do you expect of yourself, schedule. basically? You, yeah, you I, I, I want to be doing a book a year right now. Um, okay. There was a time uh, when I was really building my career, I was writing a book every nine months, and I mean a big, fat book. <laughs> they were. Yeah, you know, 650, 750 pages. Oh, wow. Huge books. And I, was, and I was working and turning a book out every nine months, which was just exhausting, just really exhausting. But I needed to do that at the time to, you know, to build my name and to, to uh, get to a place where a book a year was a good, uh, you know, a good schedule. And then, you know, sometimes life gets in the way and, um, you know, things happen and, you know, there was a while there where I was doing a book every 18 months just because of, you know, like I broke my back, I you know, or I got divorced or something like, you know, stuff like that. Um, sure. It isn't going to um, wait for a, a convenient time to happen. But, um, but yeah, I'm now, I'm now back on a book a year schedule. Well, so I have to ask at this point, a book, a book a year, what are your goals? What are your ambitions left as an author, Tammy? Well, you know, it's it's always to write a better book than the last book that I wrote. You know, I mean, I, you're only as good as the as your last title. Um, you know, I can I continue to want to stretch and grow as an author uh, to explore different things through my writing. I've never been really a, a, a formula type writer. I I always want to try new things, different things. You know, try to. Um, you know, get get more in depth in the psychology of the characters and that sort of thing, and um, I'm thinking of you know different ways to approach a whodunit type of a story. You know, um, so that every book is fresh. Um, and, you know, everybody always asks me, do I write from an outline? And I do not write from an outline. I I don't know. I may have an idea when I sit down to write a book what's going to happen and who the bad guy is and all of that. But it almost always changes because I don't, I don't commit to an outline. I just, you know, if I were to write an outline, then I would, you know, for myself, all the fun would be gone. All the spontaneity is gone. I already know what's going to happen. Why should I write this book? I'm bored now, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's to keep, to keep things fresh and really surprising. And I always think, you know, if I'm surprised, the reader's going to be surprised. And... Um, you know, just just to keep on in that vein, 
Well, clearly very successfully, and this uh, new book, Deeper Than the Dead, will be out uh, in time for Christmas, so lots of opportunity no, there. Actually, to... just after. It'll just be after. the 29th. Oh, will it? Oh, well, I, I, sorry, I read yeah. the 19th, so we're not, not quite done on original schedule then, so just after yeah, Christmas. They yeah, they, they, uh, they want all those people who get their lovely uh, Barnes & Noble gift cards, ah. <laughs> cards to run straight to the store <laughs> and, uh, and buy, buy deeper than the dead. So. Well, that's a good publishing uh, publisher's marketing tool right there. Yeah. Well, we, we we want to wish you the very best of, of luck with that one and with future titles, and not least of all, good luck in the dressage arena. I'm sure we'll see lots of more of you there, Tammy. And and it's been a plan now. really a joy talking to you on the Dressage Radio Show. I hope you'll come back again. Oh, I'll be happy to. This was great, great fun. All right. Well, thank you so much indeed for your time, and uh, a very happy holidays to you. It was a real pleasure, Tammy. Look forward to seeing you out there in the arena. Well, that was a fun conversation, Lisa, wasn't it? Great to to hear, you know, the inside track. She is fantastic. And uh, what a personality. I think, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, all these different experiences, you can definitely hear that. And uh, good for her that she's been able to maintain the best of both worlds. She really has, and so many titles to her name. As we mentioned, they're deeper than the dead. is the is the very latest one. But um, there's the alibi man, kill the man, dark horse, dust to dust, and the list goes on. And we will put a, a link on our website to Tammy's, um, so that you can uh, check out all the other titles that she has written. And uh, we want to thank Tammy again for being our guest this evening. Well, Lisa. Before we get into uh, our discussion, uh, topic of discussion this week, I just wanted to say, you know, we mentioned uh, the uh, Succeed USET Gala event, of course, that we were both at last weekend, and uh, I was uh, very fortunate to be MC for that event. And at one point during the evening, this very nice lady came up and caught my eye, caught my attention. And uh, so I want to give a shout-out to Eileen, who clearly is a fan of the show. She uh, tells me how she listens regularly, enjoys all the different segments that we have. Uh, so, again, thank you for stopping by and saying hello, Eileen, and I hope you'll write in. If you have any comments or questions about the show, we'd always love to hear from you. And, you know, it's always nice to hear from our listeners and, and actually meet them face-to-face, Lisa, because when you're doing radio, you don't get to see who you're talking to. No, and I... I love it when, when the uh, the listeners come up and, and let us know that uh, we're doing something positive for them. Exactly. We all yes. are very passionate about what we're discussing, and uh, it's nice to know that uh, these topics are being appreciated. That's our, ex- our, it's, uh, I'm glad. That's yeah. exciting. That's exactly that's exactly right. Well, thanks again, Eileen. Well, I hope you enjoy these next topics. Uh, we're going to be talking, Lisa, about something that uh, you feel strongly about, but riding off the track and using that quarter line. Correct, because basically the, the, the topic for discussion is honest outside aids. Honest right. outside aids. And in order for us to have honest outside aids we need to get off the wall and how many how many or the fence or whatever it is we have out there how many of us just go around that arena on the wall and have no idea if we have an outside rain or not until somebody says okay half pass hmm 
and you realize how little you have exercised half halts or any type of throughness half halting because you simply let the horse lean on the wall. So when I when I look around in a working arena and I and I see people hugging that wall, I know where those problems are going to arise. The minute we want to hit a center line, the minute we need to set up a shoulder in, we don't have our outside range. And so what I have found, if I do never allow myself to be on the track, I can stay very focused and very concentrated. I know the instant I lose that outside shoulder. I I know the instant I lose the, the connection to that outside range. And then it's not getting, riding what I call lost for several minutes and then realizing it after I'm requiring my horse to do a circle or leave the wall into a half path or try to even set up a shoulder for or a shoulder in. And so um, I really stay honest with yourself about your outside aids. Make sure your, your aids are that horse's wall on the outside. Not that, and I have found horses find walls to be very, very much like magnets. They're drawn to them. You know what you this... Re- before, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. You, you know what... finally feel like, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 I am stuck to the wall here. And, you know, obviously that wall is there when you're in an indoor arena, so it's more of an anchor and a more of, you know, a, a pillar uh, that are you drawn to than, obviously, if you were outdoors. Um, but still, if you have a fence or, or something that's high, it gives you even more of a, of a of, as you call it, a, a magnet. You know what it makes me think of, Lisa? I'm a very, very moderate swimmer. And so when I get into a swimming pool, I prefer to go down the side of the wall. So I feel like, you know, that's just kind of my security. Get that something you know, to balance on, make sure that... Yeah, that exactly. Exactly. And and if I go away from the wall or if I you know, don't have any guide for my line, I can't guarantee I could swim in a straight line. Yeah. And, and it's the same kind of mentality, you know, and certainly if I'm swimming the backstroke, there is no chance of me going straight if I'm not against the wall. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. don't backstroke the wall. so i think you know by having that wall if it's an indoor arena or a fence if you're outdoors if you take that away you are out there and you know it's like riding you know eventers will ride in uh, or jumpers might ride in a in a field if it you know and try and go in a straight line in the field i think with dressage riders so often, as you say, we don't get off that track and well, learn you know an independent it, line. It, it dawned on me this last weekend at a horse show when I see so many riders get lost without a barrier. Mm-hmm. And by riding a quarter line, you learn to be able to draw an imaginary line. I make yes. sure I have a straight line. I look at a point in the distance down the long side that I want to ride to. So it's not just drifting somewhere away from the wall, that helps no one either. That you really draw these imaginary lines and you follow them. And then you can take that out to a field and you're not lost. You're able to draw lines for yourself and and keep yourself 
you keep your horse and, yes. and yourself focused and on track. And focused and on track, and it makes me wonder, When do you notice when riders are riding towards a mirror in an indoor arena, Lisa, if that gives them a dist- something of a distraction, that they may be so busy looking at their own riding position that they are not being honest with their outside aids as much as they're, they're so focused on what they look like? Is that a distraction it is sometimes? You do, you do have to learn how to use a mirror. Mm. And uh, as Ernst would say, it's not to check your makeup. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <It is>. <laughs> <laughs> your hair is fine. But the, the point is that you do have to learn to be able to look in the mirror, see the position of the horse. I do encourage my riders to look in the mirror to look at their seat. Look at your hands. Now right. Look at the position of the horse. You're, you're riding the horse toward. Look, is that shoulder four? Mm-hmm. Are those two outside legs aligned? Is the one inside stepping in between the two fronts? Look at the positioning. Your look at how you're positioning your horse. Look at the flexion. Look at the height of the pole. Look at the open. I really encourage them to analyze what they're creating. I want them to see what they're creating because also some people work with their heads in the sand. They have no idea, and they're just pulling, 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 and the horse is basically very round behind the vertical, and they don't realize it. They Mm -hmm. don't have an appreciation for the feel of what they're doing. So if they look in the mirror, they can apply the mirror visual and learn the feel for where that horse is positioned. That's a good tip. And I think what it is also a useful tip, a useful aid, Lisa, when you're riding in a straight line, whether you're going down the track or down the quarter line, is to get someone with a camera behind you and filming you going away in that line so you can see what that looks like from behind and see how straight you thought you were. Exactly. So also a useful tip to use a video camera, but... Well, I think that's a, a good advice, good advice, and hopefully our listeners will practice that riding off the track and getting onto that quarter line and learning an independent line and uh, ride straighter than I can swim. That's the message. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Imaginary lines. We like that. That'll help you ride in fields. Yes, exactly. All right, Lisa. Well, we're just about running out of time this week. And I want to remind our our listeners that next week we're we're going to have a Christmas holiday special, which will be a show that we're using on all the um, shows here at Horse Radio Network, on the Eventing Radio Show, the Stable Scoop Show, and the 2010 Radio Show. So uh, look forward to that next week, our Christmas holiday special. Of course, as always, you can follow our show notes at dressageradio.com. Or send us your feedback by leaving a voicemail at 270-803-0025 or by emailing me at chris at horseradionetwork.com. And if you have any questions or comments for Lisa, please send those over to me and I'll make sure Lisa gets them. Don't forget uh, that you can check out our fan page on Facebook where you can leave any comments and there's also, also, of course, a link to the page on our website. We're also on Twitter at Horse Radio, or you can follow me at Chris E. Stafford. And as always, we would like to thank our generous sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products. They can be found at kppusa.com. Well, Lisa, it was always fun to have you on the show. We appreciate it. And uh, I guess we won't see you back here till after Christmas. So uh, what are you going to be doing? 
What are you no going to kidding. be doing? Are you going to be I'm, working? Well, both. I'm going over to uh, San Francisco teach a clinic three days, and then I'm going to fly right down to Malibu and spend Christmas with Cass's family. Oh. We might even hit the ski slopes. Oh, how wonderful. That you sounds know, I'll like... Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch. Save the legs and the hands and the wrists and <laughs> the whole nine yards. But there you go. Get yeah. a few days off. How about yourself? What are you going to do? I'm going to be be here in in Kentucky and uh, can't wander too far away because of the radio shows. So, uh, uh, yep, I'm going to have a pretty quiet quiet Christmas. And, uh, uh, you know, what I do for fun, a bit of downtime, when I have any downtime, if I'm not at a competition at a weekend, is I paint. I paint a bit for fun. So that's my relaxation. So so I'm going to be doing, I'm trying to do a bit bit of that and uh, just chilling out for a while. So, so looking forward to that well Lisa it's been fun as ever we'll see you uh, on the other side of the holidays I guess and uh, uh, you'll be able to tell us how your Christmas went And so have a wonderful Christmas holiday from all of us here at the uh, Dressage Radio Show and until we meet again next time Lisa good luck everyone and enjoy your riding 